0: You believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters, and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hey, Bright Lights, it's Angela, and welcome back to Architecting. I am so glad you're here. I'm always so appreciative of the community we share around building a better world and it starts with us right it starts with how we show up in the world which is why i'm really interested in delving deeper into today's topic which is toxic positivity i think this is particularly important in today's world because we're all hyper-focused on EDI issues that can often lead to pressure to be overly stoic, to paint a positive frame on anything and anyone, no matter the circumstances. And psychologically, that's not healthy for us. Because if someone is not performing the way they should, that's hurting the whole team. Pretending like it's not, isn't serving anyone. If a client isn't the right client and pretending that we can overcome that, that's really taking a toll on the morales of the whole team. And we can't just gloss over it. If you've gone through a tough situation trying to minimize what that took out of you, that's not a healthy thing. In my Italian family, we had a phrase faccia content, and it basically means happy face. The mask you wear, the smile you plaster on so that you don't really have to deal with what's going on. You can just keep pretending everything is okay and everything's fine. Maybe it's even great. And so what I wanted to do today is help you discern between seeing the good in a situation, seeing the learning, right? We talk a lot about failure on this show and why failure is actually how we learn and failure is a good thing, not a thing to feel shame over. So there's that gratitude we want to find, that appreciation we want to see in the failure, the reframe we want to do that it's not something that went wrong, but just one way that isn't working and what do we take forward from it versus the toxic positivity where we say it was good when it really wasn't how do we know the difference? Fast Company had recently published an article where they talk specifically about toxic positivity and the workplace. I thought I would kind of riff off of that and talk a little bit more about how do we know when we're either in a toxically positive situation or ourselves being that influencer, versus being the uplifter, the reframer, the example, the leader. The first thing that is important to understand is that we never change the outcome just by trying to make it okay. If something was bad, if something hurt us, if something made us feel bad, if we were going through a tough time, we have to name it. We absolutely have to name it. We have to acknowledge what we've gone through. We have to understand what caused it, because it didn't just happen for no reason. And we have to think about how we can change to get the outcome that we want. And the outcome we want could be a lot of different things, right? It could be leaving behind a situation or a person or a client or a job. It could be having a hard talk with somebody, those courageous conversations where you actually say things that you don't feel comfortable saying, but that you need to be vulnerable in order to get the feedback and the information that you need. It could look like making changes to yourself, seeing ways that you could change for the better and choosing to work on those. Like maybe it means you're more mindful. Maybe it means you learn to ask for help more often. Maybe it means you practice better self-care so you don't show up in a maelstrom of stress and have that negative energy impacting everyone else around you. And then you're all mirroring one another and amplifying and amplifying that. The first thing that Fast Company says is important to do to overcome toxic positivity is to just listen. And I love this tip because think way too often we feel pressured to show that we know, that we empathize, that we get it, that we understand a situation. We want to be able to quickly pivot a situation. We want to be seen as helpful. But when we do that, we're doing it more for ourselves than for the person we're trying to help. We're doing it to get some kind of validation that I am a good person. I am a resource. I can be helpful. Instead of saying, what is really going on? And remember, I said, first you have to name it. And then you have to understand how it happened. And then you have to say, how do I want to do better? Well, if somebody is having a problem, toxic positivity says we have to flip the switch, but really effective communication says i'm going to hear you out i'm not going to slap a label on what you're going through i'm going to let you share and explore and come to your own conclusions i'm not going to minimize what you're going through by having a ready platitude like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger or We got to go through it and we're going to have bigger perspective. I'm just going to listen. That is really, really powerful to have somebody just listen and not try to hijack what you're saying. So be mindful when you are the person in the position to listen for others that you don't jump in that instead you ask more questions, that you help that person to explore what's going on with them, rather than trying to solve their problem for them. Really, really try to avoid providing advice. That is the next thing in the Fast Company article, and it's so important. You don't know what's going on for somebody else. It's not a one-size-fits-all world. We know that. Trying to tell someone what they should do in a circumstance is, in a way, judging them that what's going on isn't okay, that it's not all right for them to be going through a tough time, that they have to move past it. Not only do they have to move past it, but they have to move past it the way that you think. They should move past it, which could be not only insensitive to cultural issues that might be entwined in what they're going through, complexities of relationships that they might be dealing with, even the fact that that person may not be emotionally ready to do something. So when you give advice, it puts pressure on the other person to try to respond to that. Rather than focusing on what they're going through and how they can move on and get stronger from it, you're saying that they have to do certain things in a certain way, which is actually only putting more pressure on them in the moment. Really step back from giving advice. Even if you see a million red flags in this situation even if you see behavior that's inappropriate. So I'm going to give a really basic example of a emotionally abusive situation where you can certainly see that the person who's going through the tough time is subject to bad behavior, narcissistic behavior, whatever it is. Telling them to get out and end the relationship is not helpful, That person knows their situation is painful. They know it isn't good. But they aren't going to be able to get out of that situation until they're emotionally ready. By you telling them to get out and get away, all you're doing is making them feel bad about themselves because they're staying. Instead, refraining from giving advice helps the person to get emotionally stronger, helps the person to have more clarity about what's going on, helps the person to find their own strength to take the right action for them. The last thing that is mentioned in this article is offering support. Again, there's a difference between support and advice. Advice comes with judgment, You've already made a decision about what's best for someone and what their action next needs to look like when you give advice. On the other hand, offering support is about being present for that person. So saying, how would you like me to help you is a very different question than saying you should do And then, you know, following it up with whatever you think is the best course of action. Even if it feels like like something simple, like you should take time off. That's not advice. Saying, do you think you need some time to think? Because it would be okay if you did and you could take some days off is a very different thing than telling someone they should take time off. You can say, would you like to brainstorm solutions? Or if you are working, say, through a tough client situation, would you like me to review some of the changes? Would you like me to help you come up with talking points? Would you like me to help you practice dialoguing so that, you know, you'll be prepared for Things the client might say that are negative and you'll feel more confident about how to respond to it. But you're not telling them what to do. You're offering your support and they have the choice. So you are empowering them. You're giving them agency in how they want to handle it. Because maybe the things you are offering sound appealing and they will take you up on them. Or maybe they don't. Giving that person the comfort of knowing you're there for them without putting that obligation energy out there that they have to do it the way that you think they should do it. So again, really staying away from this need to put a positive spin on everything no matter what is actually being more authentic. It's allowing people to be more vulnerable, but it's also helping them to feel more integrity within themselves. They can own a bad situation. They can work through finding the clarity. They can think about what moving forward could look like in a safe container where they don't feel judged, or they don't feel pressured to take certain actions, or that there is an expiration date on their emotions that might be some of the more negative ones. Anger, guilt, shame, despair, whatever it is that they're going through. There's not an expiration date that says approximately one day after a client meeting goes south, you've got to have your shit together and be high-performing again, maybe that episode triggered some much deeper things for that person and they can't just bounce back. Trying to make them force it and put on that happy face isn't really helping them get through the situation. It's actually just stuffing their emotions down, which is going to cause them to fester and only come out as a more toxic infection later. It's going to have a degrading effect because it creates duplicity. It creates friction between what the person is authentically feeling and going through and how they feel they have to show up. So I thought it would be really a great thing to explore this today with all of you because I know that we are all trying to be a whole lot more supportive of one another these days however i think that support can quickly cross the line into a toxic form of positivity where despite our best efforts we're actually still slipping into judgment and expectations and putting obligations on someone instead of truly being a resource for them I'd love to hear your thoughts on toxic positivity. Have you experienced it yourself or are you realizing, uh-oh, I kind of do that. I think I'm helping people and now I'm seeing that mm, maybe not so much. Share your insights with me. I am at Architecting Podcast on Instagram, architecting on LinkedIn, or you can share them on our architecting Facebook page. I'd love to hear from you and what experiences you have had around this issue. And if you found this advice helpful, please share this podcast with a friend or colleague who you think could benefit. It really does help not only to grow our audience, but to keep the discussion around these issues up front and moving, because it really is so important that we work together to support one another to be our best selves. Thanks again for being here. I so appreciate you being a part of the architecting community. Remember to like, rate, and review this episode, and I will see you next time. Take care.